Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, welcome back. It's the Adam Nation podcast and in today's episode, where Bryn returned from holiday and we thought it was a great time to actually talk about the importance of rest and recovery. In today's society, it's all about go, go, go. It's about beast mode. It's about how many things can I fit, in, fit into my day. And I think we've lost our connection or our appreciation of really recovering, resting, giving back to our body, rejuvenating. And today's episode is a deep dive on that subject. So we get started, we talk about the why behind rest, the what happens physically when you rest, what happens mentally and emotionally. Um, we talk about the significance of rest and why you really have to prioritize it. And then we talk about the types of rest. And in priority order, both in terms of sequence and time spent, we hit sleep hard. What happens when you sleep, um, what sleep deprivation looks like, and top tips to improve your sleep quality and length of time in bed. We then hit being in a parasympathetic state, which is the opposite of being in a fight or flight state. What is it? How do you get into that state? The importance of it. We then talk about training and the need to take time off from tra training every week for your body to recover, your muscles to rebuild and so forth. And then lastly, for the guys who hit it really hard every single week, both in the gym and outside of it, um, thinking about deliberately taking a week off every once in a while to fully rejuvenate, recover, restore, and then bounce back stronger than ever before. It's a good episode. It's pretty long, but I think you're going to take a lot out of it. I hope you enjoy. Adaptation. I say get back into training. We did train quite a lot on holiday because we had time to train and recover and whatnot. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second. So you are so you're off on holiday. Yeah. You got a few days off. Was was it spur of the moment that you ended up going into the gym, or was it more deliberate that you you thought I'm going to carry on what I'm doing, or I'm going to try different yeah. things? Yeah. So what, as it sounds, on? it was deliberate. It was deliberate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lisa actually booked the the hotel, but um, I think. I can't remember when she booked it, but she looked for a hotel that had a decent gym because she knew, you know, if we're away, we you know, we got time to train, and we we can't we don't feel like we have to train just you know because we're overindulging or anything like that. It's more because we've got time to train and enjoy training because it's it's almost a hobby to us. We enjoy it, um. So why not train when we're away when we can get up in the morning, train first thing, go swimming, get showered, and then we can go out for the day, and you just you just feel so much better afterwards. So. I, I totally agree. When I go off on like a few day work stint or on holiday, I'll sometimes get condescending or judgmental yeah. views that I'm being uh, I'm being too strict for myself. I'm not taking days off. It's obsessive. You know, yeah. Why are you being obsessive? Why are you not? Why are you not chilling out and enjoying yourself? And I have to remind people, I am enjoying myself. I like good food. I like seeing great places. Yeah. But for me to feel human and be fully alive. And create that balance, because I know I'm going to be indulging. A workout for me sets the stage mm. for a great day. So it's not, 
you know, that I'm, I'm scared of losing gains or it's not because... Um, Pure vanity. Or vanity or anything yeah. else or that I'm just so disciplined with myself that I can't have fun. For me, it is fun. And as you say, when you've got less distraction and less other commitments pulling you, time pressures, you can actually go and have a different type of workout yeah. and enjoy a different experience in a new gym and just set set the day off well. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But a lot of people look at that and go, look, it's a fucking holiday. Go relax. Go chill out. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. And I, I think as well, because it's part of our lifestyle and it's a habit, It's we miss it if we don't do it because we enjoy it. And if it's a habit and you don't do it, you're kind of, you know, you know it's you know that part of your daily routine is missing. I just like keeping that as part of my routine, unless I'm having a, a week off purposely to recover. You do feel like there's something missing. Right? Yeah, I just sort of yeah. you know I, I can feel like I need to get my body moving. I need yeah. to do something. I need to get a bit of sweat on, and 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 I just enjoy it. So, yeah. but there is a time and place to not do anything either, right? Exactly. You gotta relax. Let's. I think that's a great segue. Not by design, no. but I love it. So let's get into what today's episode is going to be about. So we've touched on many things up until now around cardio, around weight training for guys and for girls, uh, about fasting. We're now going to talk about one of the key pillars of making progress athletically or physically, mm-hmm. or from a physique perspective, which is rest and recovery. So... Today we're going to speak about why you should think about rest rest as part of your protocol and and regime of managing a balanced life and optimising for gains or physical gains, what have you. And through that discussion, we're going to talk about the four types of rest that there are. Um, And they are specifically in priority order, sleep being the number one by a country mile, we're going to go into some details around that. Two, being in a parasympathetic state. Again, we'll talk about what that is and Explain the alternatives it. of not being in a parasympathetic mm-hmm. state. Thirdly, is taking days off of training. We spoke about that just briefly, but we're mm-hmm. going to put a, a little bit more emphasis on that. And then lastly, for people that are going really crazy and full on in the gym and through sport, is think about taking uh, a week or so off work, uh, otherwise known as deload weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to structure this conversation, Brynja. Yeah, yeah. The why behind rest. Let's get started there. Yeah. So um, generally speaking, the body is doing so many wonderful things to keep us alive. Our autonomic system that drives, you know, breathing without thinking mm-hmm. through to digesting food without thinking yeah. through to everything that your body is doing me- metabolically for all your organs to process chemicals and break down foods and generally provide energy to you know our brain our muscles and everything else it's amazing how much we take this for granted really i always think how lucky we are that our bodies just do this for us and we don't have to think about it um this is always running on in the background and i think it's something that we take for granted imagine if you had to purposely think about breathing yeah like if you forget you die that'd be imagine that imagine (laughs) if you forget that, oh yeah, I've got to, you know, my, my, my liver's got to be working or forget to have your heart pumping. It'd be insane. But that right? just shows how amazing our body 
bodies are because they just they repair themselves um it, you know if you get an infection there's uh, you've got an immune system that's going to battle that in the background and you, you you're pretty much unaware of this and this is going on all day every day you're not involved in any of that so right? the, yeah so the better your health is the better position you're you're um in the better your body can deal with these things and just like you're saying there everything there's so much going on in the background and the better our bodies can run the you know our health and performance is going to be optimal agreed so if you think about all those things that are happening um it is a fairly taxing demand across all those metabolic processes across you know the breathing and the blood pumping and everything else that happens just to exist it is a hugely taxing environment uh, and that's mostly when we're awake now on top of that we add on our own stuff, right? Mm. We add on the, our work demands. Uh, we add on our own cognitively demanding uh, duties, whether it be stuff at work or being creative or problem solving. Yeah. That can be very taxing in its own right. And your brain consumes a big chunk of the energy you consume daily. Then you've got um, purposeful exercise or sport that you layer on to just being alive. And then you've got stress, you know, stressing about situations and feeling an overwhelm. You add and you layer on all of these on top of just the, the huge demand which is keeping yourself alive. And that is just a significant mm. overload you place onto your body when you are awake. Yeah. Okay. So the why behind rest is really to acknowledge that when these things happen, um, that just like you, you do anything, like for example, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, go and play a sport 24 hours a day mm. or you you wouldn't um drive your car constantly or you wouldn't do anything 24 hours a day there's a form you know a, an acknowledgement that taking time out yeah for things to recover and rest is important mm. and for your body it is so critically important but the quality of that rest has mm. to be purposeful and it has to be designed in yeah it's something that is very much overlooked especially in the sort of modern day western lifestyles that we lead we completely overlook the importance of rest and recovery it's so so important and if you're not you're not mindful of this you're missing you know 50 percent of what's going to get you to where you want to be within your health and body goals um and you know and in general in life because it's going to take away from your day-to-day -day, um performance isn't it whether that's playing around with the kids, being, um, you know, good at your career or training in the gym. It's going to take away from you if you're not being mindful of the other half, which is your rest and recovery. Think about it this way. We are, we are constantly dealing with these processes within our body to keep us alive. Every time something is created or done, there's a waste product. Mm. Now, and I know that sounds overly scientific, but... That's what happens. Something happens, you get the benefit of that, that process within your body, you know, energy to your muscles or turning over certain cells, but the the fallout is that mm. there's waste product, metabolic it has to go waste. Somewhere. Yeah. Now that needs to go somewhere, it needs to be processed, yeah. and things need to be rejuvenated, recovered, restored, replenished. Yeah. Those things do happen at a low level all the time, but they happen most when you are purposely mm -hmm. in a rested state yeah and sleep is the number one so why yeah. don't we start 
with sleep because yeah. I think that you know if 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 all you can take from today is that this number one pillar, which is sleep, if you can nail this and put it as a priority, um, everything else will fall into place when it comes to adequately getting rest. Yeah. So let's hit that. I think as well, you've got a lot of um, experience with sleep deprivation as well, haven't you? Because you've almost, in, in your own words, have abused your sleep. Um, I've always, I've been very lucky. I've always slept really well and I've not really ever abused my sleep, but for you, you, you've obviously had a really busy career and things like that that's obviously taken away from your sleep. So it's going to be interesting to see what you, the differences you, you have felt between having not much sleep and now actually honing in, really focusing on it. Okay. Um... So, what? So well, last, we are talking earlier, weren't we? So last night you were saying how obviously you had things that you need to do and they were deadline driven and you had to stay up late and get them done. Do you feel much different the morning after? So sleep for me is is now very important, but I still I still abuse it. It's yeah. a, it's a red line, but it still is negotiable for me. Yeah. The way the way I see life generally is that it's a it's a pendulum, right? And think about all these different things that you could prioritize or focus on, whether it be your family, your friends. Uh, being mindfulness, um, spirituality, mm-hmm. work, yeah. exercise, body goals, nutrition, all, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can be great at anything and try and be great at everything. Yeah, You have to decide. You have to pick your battles. And um, sleep for me is something that ebbs and flows. Sometimes I get it bang on and other times... It is um, replaced for or negotiated with other things that in the moment I find more important. It's not great, Mm -hmm. but I've lived my whole life, um, as you say, abusing sleep. You're much better now though, aren't you? I I am. I I, I check myself. I I realise I do it. But if I kind of just step back a bit, my, my, my view on sleep was it's something I'll get as much of as I can depending on the rest of the demands on, on, yeah. on my day. I don't, I don't really need it. It's not that important. Um, sleep for me, I think from as, as young as I, as young as I could remember, mm-hmm. was, was something I, I, I clearly enjoyed. I felt good when I felt rested. But I could negotiate with myself on how late I stay awake for mm. or what time I wake up depending on the demands of the day or generally my own interests. so if I'm watching some crappy tv and I want to go binge on it then okay I'll just eat away at a couple of hours sleep it's fine or I've got a work demand for me personally I hate going to bed having lots of unresolved things so if I've got stuff that I'm working on and I'm working into the evening and I'm almost there I'll negotiate with myself saying, just get this done because then yeah. you'll go to bed more rested. There'll be less on your mind. The problem is um, that I always underestimate how long things take. Mm. <laughs> I'll be another half an hour turns into two hours. It's I go never to, as simple as you think, yeah. I go to bed at 1.30 and I have to wake up at 6.30 or whatever it is and I just clearly start feeling yeah. the impact. So that would be generally the way I've, I've lived my life. Yeah. And then my work stuff has always been so demanding and I've been so committed and passionate mm-hmm. to it that it's led me down this path of chronically um, abusing this uh, this um, preference to get seven to eight. So I'd probably get five to six hours sleep mm-hmm. pretty much every day. 
the challenge is when you don't get enough sleep, you wake up still with this, I don't know, this false sense of security that yeah. because you haven't slept deep enough, you wake up almost slightly still awake. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, so, so sometimes if I sleep for, let's say, five, six hours, if I've had a late night for some reason, um, whether social or work commitments or something like that, I almost feel better and I wake up a lot quicker if I've had six hours as opposed to eight hours. Now, that's probably tying into what you say there is that you're almost, you haven't been in such a deep sleep that you're kind of having to pull yourself out of that. You're almost awake still, so you find it a lot easier to kind of spring out of bed in the morning. But I think that obviously has a, an effect later on in your day because... It, it does, it does. Well, th- think, yeah, burn think, out. absolutely. Like, so, you know, when you wake up and you haven't, haven't had enough sleep, um, you haven't had as many kind of sleep cycles and maybe, for example, you had loads of caffeine the night before mm-hmm. or like you had loads of drink or stimulant, whatever yeah. it is. So you wake up and you still feel like, oh, I'm alive. I remember yeah. I've gone out and gone pissed, got pissed. And clearly you don't sleep very well when, you, when you're um, consumed of alcohol. You get a sense that you can fall asleep quickly, but yeah. you end up not being that relaxed. The quality, proven, sleep, the quality is, of sleep yeah, yeah. is rubbish. But you wake up because you haven't had enough sleep. And you're like, oh. I feel right. Yeah. I feel good. And then about three hours later, it all Boom. hits. Yeah, it hits you, yeah. So I think that's really been my life is I've, I've kind of played and negotiated at the boundaries of what, what is good. And there is an impact. Now, when you're young, you, you seem to be re- really resilient. Yeah. You can handle anything. Get away with it, can't you? Stuff doesn't really present itself. But then when you get into your 30s, uh, as I am now... Um, the impact of not having enough sleep just seems to be more pronounced, right? Whether it be things breaking down in your body, I've got some skin issues that flare up. I have, I definitely get more ratty. I definitely feel less able to do hard work. I feel Mm -hmm. less creative. I feel more overwhelmed. I have a tendency to get more stressed. I generally feel this pressure and that anxiety that comes with knowing that my my body's just saying, you need you need time to chill yeah but i will negotiate time to rest mm-hmm. with time to get stuff done and i think in this world with everyone being hyper connected you know up using our devices until yeah. the moment we switch off you know all these other kind of low level kind of demands on our time or stresses from our work or trying to fit in workouts and doing that at 10 o'clock at night you do all of these little things that by themselves feel like good ideas yeah but collectively they add up to this kind of low level stress that just puts you in a puts fatigue state for a low level fatigue state doesn't it constantly yeah and then you struggle to go to sleep you struggle to get into a rested sleep and you struggle to stay in a rested sleep and Mm. i've been there that has been my life so i can completely relate to um, really what is sleep deprivation and mm-hmm. sleep de- deprivation isn't just subjective it isn't just I don't feel as good it has been proved through clinical studies that there are uh, links to generally being more hangry mm-hmm. having more cravings struggling with body weight control yeah. eating more crappy foods because your body needs glucose because you haven't had enough rest so it's looking for energy yeah. to replenish the fact that you're not rested and then you start linking it to a whole heap of um, things such as um, schizophrenia, dementia, um, issues internally with your um, uh, your digestive health. There are just so many angles you can take sleep. I was actually on the flight to Boston last week 
and I was speaking to a lady whose husband um, is a scientist in narcolepsy and he studies that. Right. And he also studies dementia. And obviously narcolepsy is about the lack of sleep. Mm. But these people that are struggling to sleep have all these other problems in their life. Yeah. Like, just like they're off the chart with all these mental issues and all these physical issues. And this woman, it was saying to me, she knows and deep down they know that sleep is so important and the impact of sleep deprivation is profound. Like, you know, they've seen so many problems occur across all the patients they've seen that either have narcolepsy or not. Yeah. Um, and not sorry narcolepsy is when you just fall asleep randomly mm-hmm. and then you have insomnia but you know they're so interlinked yeah that the issues that come with it are, are yeah we're still on earth, we're still unearthing the impact of sleep deprivation but i think we all anecdotally know well, we when know, we're rested we? yeah we feel like we've, we've got more <clears throat> in us to do more and, and have more resources available to attack a hard day you know yeah after we've had a good night's sleep it's not by chance that if you've had lack of sleep over the week that you your um irritable irritable bowel syndrome starts to flare up your knee starts to flare up um you start getting cravings that's not by chance if you're constantly um having late nights and your sleep quality is bad these thing things start to creep up on you and and you've got to listen to your body as well you know okay i've had a few bad nights sleep and then just listen to your body and go is it is it linked? Is it is it starting to shout out and, and send these signals that you're overworked, you're not sleeping enough, you're not resting enough, you're not recovering? And it's it's, it's so clear when you, you look back and be mindful of of what your sleep does for your body. Oh, it's it's incredible. I mean, I've I've struggled the last few weeks because yeah. Yeah, because of the demands of work and I'm a, a very intense character and I, you know, I go all in on everything and, you know, right now I'm all in on work. Yeah. So yeah. other things, I'm still committed to the gym and I'm still committed to sleep and I'm still committed to nutrition, but they're harder because mm. most of my energy is going to work. I've seen it. So my skin started flaring up. I've, you know, my, my I've, I get some kind of flaky skin. I get some psoriasis. I get some patches of dry skin. And I've been in control of that the last few months because mm. things have been more balanced. Now that sleep is just, yeah, I'm on the edge of sometimes getting it right, sometimes not, it's already flaring up. I've, yeah. I've already noticed my flaky scalp and some issues reoccur. And I'm noticing that my, you know, my, my stomach feels a little bit less, uh, you know, it's a little uneasy. Uh, and I'm finding that I'm reaching for more sweet, sweet stuff. Yeah. Now I keep my sweet Crazy stuff in check. So yeah. I eat the healthier sugary things but nonetheless i am reaching for that because my body's going i need a helping hand because you've you're put you're, you're burning the candle from both ends give me the glucose yeah give me the energy that i need to keep you alive and surviving and yeah. performing it's not by accident no that we find ourselves if you if you're someone who like who who works hard you get home you have something to eat you stick on the telly or you stick on netflix and you go this is my time. Mm-hmm. This is my time. I don't want to think about work. I don't want to do anything else. I'm just going to watch some stuff. And then you're the kind of person that watches too much telly, maybe falls asleep on the sofa, you know, pills yourself off the sofa at one o'clock in the morning, turn the TV off and then go to bed and then have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Anything that's, but that's me giving to myself. Trust me, you are not giving to yourself yeah. when you're disrespecting and accidentally falling into your sleep patterns. 
you need to be deliberate if sleep is important to you. And I personally have seen, and there's a, a strong community of people that are basically saying, if you can now sleep, so much of your energy and health issues and skin issues and creativity issues and stress issues start to, be to fade down. away. Yeah. So it's so critical, guys, that I would ask you to reflect and go, how good am I at respecting sleep? Am I getting seven or eight hours a day? Mm -hmm. How often am I getting those seven to eight hours a day? And honestly, when I wake up in the morning, do I feel rested or do I feel beaten up and, and exhausted? Yeah. If you wake up beaten up and exhausted, it's likely that you didn't get good quality sleep. So why yeah. don't we talk about what happens when you sleep? Yeah. Because we've spoken about the, the consequences of sleep deprivation. When you sleep, um, there's a few things that are happening. The, the first is, um, throughout the day, there is so much information being thrown at you, mm. most of which you're unconscious about. Um, there's just so much data that yeah. your eyes are consuming, you're hearing, uh, you're touching and you're experiencing, some of which you can recall and recite and maybe you've reflected on or you thought of and other things are just, they're happening and your filter's not on to even see it. Yeah. But your body is consuming just unlimited data every day. So then when you go to bed, um, one of the things it does is you are allowing your body to um, filter through and start to structure your thoughts. Yeah. It's getting rid of the nonsense or the stuff that wasn't helpful to store and it's collating the things, the experiences that it believes should then move into long-term memory. Mm -hmm. So learnings or experiences get stored and everything else gets chucked away. Well, it's almost like your rational mindset. When You know when you have something on your mind and there's a problem, but then when you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and things just seem to be yes, better. Yes, exactly. You're, you're almost your brain's kind of had downtime and it's prioritised what you actually need to worry about and then yeah. you can wake up feeling fresh and actually make a good decision. It happens so many times, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that, that is this process. So your mm. body is, I mean, it's not it's not hypothetical. This is what's happening. They've yeah. done brain studies and they've you know attached various electrodes to your brain. <laughs> this is what's happening. Mm. Parts of the brain are firing to, to start to make sense of the information you've received, get yeah. rid of most of it, keep the things that are important and place it into the longest term yeah. storage. And this is really important because otherwise, if you don't have this downtime, you just feel overwhelmed. And I've been there. When you don't sleep enough, everything feels so overwhelming. Yeah. Like small things seem complicated, hard to achieve, and you have this like anxiety about things that you really yeah. shouldn't be stressed about. It's because you haven't got any capacity to deal with it mentally they so do they do actually say don't they they closely link like depression anxiety um with lack of sleep don't they so with insomnia and stuff. Right, yeah. absolutely so so we be so we we do this kind of thought consolidation the other other thing you should be be mindful of when you sleep you're at, your body is not going into a coma obviously but it is going into a, a low energy state. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever noticed you've fallen asleep on a sofa and you're fine, you're wearing a t-shirt, and then you check yourself, you wake up because you're freezing. Mm. Do you ever feel, do you ever get that? Yeah, yeah. And it's not cold in the room, but you're now cold. Yeah. That's your body switching off. So it's switching off the internal processes that would otherwise regulate your temperature. And it's taking energy away from uh, staying awake. And it's now starting to, divert energy to this thought consolidation and yeah. your gut. Yeah. So as a result, 
what you your your muscles switch off. So you, you don't need them when you're resting. Exactly. So your yeah. mus- mus- muscles uh, don't get a uh, signal. Yeah. Sometimes you twitch. You know when yeah, you wake yeah. yourself up, you feel like as if you're falling. <laughs> That's that state. Or your dog's lying on the floor, pretending you know they're I mean? running, yeah, yeah, digging. That that is when you're you're transitioning from an awake state where you're engaged with your muscle mm-hmm. muscles to a point where you lose that connection. Yeah. Right. So then once so that's what happens. So the muscles basically go into a limp state. Your thyroid and all the other kind of um, endocrine systems they start switching off or slowing down. Yeah. And then your body starts to actively work on recovery, rejuver- rejuvenation, mm. and cell turnover. Yeah. So think about all the waste product that you've created through working out and just being alive and all the brain power you've, 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 you've applied to the day. The sleep is when it starts to get rid of all of these metabolic waste products. And it's important you get rid of those because yeah. if you don't, cancer up. arises. Mm-hmm. That's Cancer is really a form... Um, of too much metabolic waste that starts to mutate. So you need to get rid of this waste. In addition to that, it is when the building occurs. So if you think about when you were as a baby, babies sleep like all day. Yeah. Is it, it's not coincidental that Mm. babies sleep all day because that's when they're growing phenomenally. So babies sleep, I don't know, 20 hours a day and then kids. Even teenagers you think teenagers, yes. growth spurts? You think they're lazy, but yeah, they need it. Exactly. It's not because they're lazy. It's because they're, well, it depends. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is because usually it's because they're going through a growth spurt and there's a lot going on in their body and their body just needs that time to shut down and deal with this process. Exactly. That's going on. Yeah. And then I think about my kids. They get at least 12 hours sleep. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they get back, sorry, they get back 12 hours sleep. It's great. Yeah. But they need it because there is so much growth occurring. Yeah. When we're older, you might think, well, I'm not growing, so I don't need it. Mm. You do need it. You need it because there is growth occurring, right? Especially if you're training. So if you're a tra- you're an athlete or you're exercising regularly, you are breaking muscle down. Yeah. If you want that muscle to rejuvenate, deal with the bro- the, the damage you've caused, mm-hmm. and then hopefully like, rebuild in a slightly stronger or bigger way, you need time for... The recovery recovery men to come out and rebuild those torn micro tears, those mm. um, muscle tears. Yeah, that happens when you're asleep. It happens at a very low level when you're awake. All the maximum recovery and rest and restoration is when you're asleep. It's just so totally. critical. And I've heard so many bodybuilders and um, strength athletes who this is their everything. Mm. It's like I go I go work out for a couple of hours. I make, make sure I eat lots and lots of food or as much as my, my kind of program designs. And then I'm just trying to chill as much as possible. Mm. I'm vegging out in front of the telly or I'm just making sure I get eight to 10 hours of sleep. And you're like, you, you sound lazy. Mm. Like, you, you know what? You can't be great at anything unless you sacrifice other stuff. Yeah. They'll sacrifice social life. They'll sacrifice um, other things they could be doing productively. So they know that they can be most productive and building muscle. So they go to go sleep as much as they possibly can. Yeah. Because they're in growth phase. Exactly. There, I think sleep is just so. I think more and more people are starting to realize how important sleep actually is now. And I think it was Man United. I don't know if you heard that one of the football teams in the Premiership had a sleep coach, 
and basically he would go on tour with the football team and he would go into the hotel he would i i remember that they were talking about he would check where the sun comes up and he would put in blackout blinds he would i don't know how he would do it he obviously had some something that he could put up quickly but he would make sure the room was dark he would put scents in the room he'd make sure that the covers were good the mattresses so they get were good, good. Sleep. yeah well. so he was he was literally employed just to, <laughs> to sleep help expert that. yeah he was a sleep coach wow but he would go on tour with the football team and he would make sure because we're now starting to realize how important sleep is for optimal recovery and performance well if if these quote unquote businesses because that's what football teams are these days yeah are employing because they've got lots of cash if they're mm. employing people like that yeah to get optimal performance out of their athletes i think we need to take uh, a page out of their book and say okay we're not trying to be athletes but we are trying to be optimal sleep is so critical yeah you you talked uh, spoke about uh, blackout blinds and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, what he's trying to replicate is an acknowledgement that when we did not have artificial light, we would wake up when the light was there, when the sun comes up, and yeah. we'd go to bed when there's no more light. Your right? rhythm there. When, when there wasn't fire and there wasn't artificial light, your circadian rhythm would determine really when you're awake and when you're mm-hmm. asleep. Yeah. Now, as we had fire and then we had you know internal lighting we've basically fucked with that system so much mm. that we are getting we are no longer getting the signal that says it's time to sleep yeah. we've got all this blue light and the lights that the technology, use, and the screens, technology yeah. screens that are basically sending us no so with the lack of light your there your body's so smart it starts um, producing a hormone serotonin yeah. that basically says it's now time to rest and sleep and be tired and then it creates melatonin those hormones don't get created when the light's still there so, so think about that yeah. if you've still got light if you've got this artificial light say you're doing doing a long stint in, in your office or you're just at home and you've got the lights bright on your body's not getting a signal that it should start the process of winding down. Mm. So you have to forcefully wind yourself down. And have you ever gone to bed when you're not tired? Mm. And then you never, you just don't, you can't turn off. If you, because if you sit in front of your TV or you're on your iPad or on your laptop and you switch it off and go straight to sleep, it's the hardest thing when you've just had that blue light and you're stimulated. Yeah. And then you go, all right, it's time to go to bed now just because you've decided. Because I should go to bed at 11. You want to go, hang on, I'm not ready for this. Like, yes. I'm not ready for sleep. You haven't primed me for sleep. Yes. So it's yeah, it's so important that we do, you know, take these things into consideration and prime ourselves. The worst worst thing about that is like, okay, you've got an important thing tomorrow. Right, I better get enough sleep. Yeah. But you've done nothing to prime you, as you say, prime yourself for sleep. You go, okay, I've just, you know, I've had all my lights on and I've yeah. been, you know, working on the laptop or doing something else, watching the telly. Right, go to bed. I must go to bed now because <laughs> I need X hours. And then you're awake all night. It's, and yeah. then you get more and more stressed out when you wake <laughs> up and you're exhausted. Yeah. And you're like, no, that didn't work. Now, let's close the sleep piece then mm-hmm. with some of the top tips that we've experienced. Yeah. Now, as I say, sleep has been a thing I've um, disrespected most of my life. Kind of realised my ways in 2017. Actually read a few books and experimented a whole bunch. So I've got a few different tips that I've accrued over that period of time that when stacked work wonders for me. Yeah. But what I will say is one, I'm not perfect. 
and I'm not always following what I'm about to say. And two, none of these things in their own right are silver silver bullets, but stacked with each other, grouped together, and you being deliberate and saying, I'm going to get a good sleep because I know the importance of it. If you, you approach sleep almost with a plan yeah, and you stack these on in your favour, trust me, it will, it will create a much better opportunity to one, get to bed at the right time. And when you're in bed, mm-hmm. go to sleep quicker and stay asleep, yeah. rested for longer. So I've got 10. I'm going to hit them really quick. Yeah. And we've got an article actually on our Adaptation blog that goes through all of these in a bit more detail. But here are the top 10. Tell me if you've got anything on, on, on this, Bryn. So yeah. the first is the blue light situation. So the lights from all, uh, all the lighting in your house, the TV, and most importantly, all those screens that we're using have got blue light. Blue light is that signal that the sun's still out and therefore the hormone doesn't mm-hmm. kick into place to tell you to start chilling. So you want to you want to hack that. So ideally, at like 8 o'clock, you turn off all the lights. Uh, that's not going to happen <laughs> it isn't going to happen so a hack is on your phones you can turn them into night shift so then they kind of lose the blue light that's one way you can you can set that up sorry you can set that up as well can't you to schedule to follow Ooh. the the yes the, um, the, the, iPhones do that. the sun yeah so basically when the sun comes up it will turn off and then when the um, sun goes down the the blue light sorry the blue light will turn off in the evening exactly but that alone isn't enough so Okay, this um, might sound a little bit corny, but um, <laughs> me and my wife wear these kind of Bono glasses. They look great. I put them on Instagram recently. That little y- y- le- yellow lensed glasses that you wear indoors. Uh, we don't turn all our lights off. Mm-hmm. We don't live by candlelight at night. You know, we, we're humans. We're, we're, we're living in the modern world. And yeah. It just isn't practical. So you stick these on and they're not wraparounds, but they're good enough. To, chuck, to eliminate most of the blue light. You get yellow tinge to most of the things you're looking at, but the benefit of these is the blue light's mostly eliminated. Mm-hmm. So you can still watch telly, you can still go on your laptop if you need to, but now that hormone, melatonin and serotonin, start kicking you're in. That to and I'm starting to feel tired, and I've done nothing else but eliminate the blue light. Yeah. So top tip number one, have a look at Swanwick's or Swanies or any other type of blue blocking glasses, they're 20, 30 quid. Trust me, they will make a difference and you don't have to go crazy and turn off all the lights at eight o'clock at night. Great point. The second is the use of magnesium. Now there's a few different ways you can do this, but you can either take magnesium orally in uh, magnesium capsules. You can use a topical spray, which is just a spray you can spray directly onto your skin, or you can bathe in magnesium, like Epsom salts and so forth. Mm Uh, magnesium again is a, an article on our blog uh, sorry on our um, adaptation page that talks to this but magnesium basically is the the super restorative and relaxing um, uh, mineral that you yeah. can consume so we typically don't get enough in our diets and it just has this sedative state so when I take a bunch of magnesium tablets and or I go and have a hot bath with magnesium salts, oh my god! Come like, head up. It's like it's like taking Valium. <laughs> it is, and it just it just sets the sets the scene for your body to start shifting into sleep mode. It's incredible. So take a look at either some magnesium capsules. Uh, I would definitely look at a magnesium topical spray for your skin. I use one called Ease Magnesium. You spray 20, 30 of those onto your skin just before you go to bed. It's absorbed almost immediately. 
um, because orally, orally magnesium doesn't process that well. Or go and, sell, go, and sell, go and have yourself a hot bath with some Epsom salts or magnesium flakes and oh, it just, just sets, sets That's you amazing. Brilliant. So there are the next two or three. Then I have at number five, breathing and uh, mindfulness. Yeah, this is important. We are going to talk about parasympathetic state in a second. So I'm going to actually move on from this, but yeah. we're going to talk about how to engage the parasympathetic state in a second. Turning off your tech one and a half hours before bed, if you can, it'd be great. So I know it's, you know, you know, between all the social media and the net, you know, the Googling or you might be working or just generally curious about stuff. you got your phone on you most of the time. I get yeah. it. Ideally, you wouldn't. Ideally, you wouldn't look at your devices after, say, nine o'clock. So if you can, if you can find ways to not use them, like read physical books as opposed to use your book. Give yourself a curfew. You know. Give yourself a curfew. Turn off your internet. Yeah. Just be a bit more strict with yourself. That you know, I've got all the day to use these devices, but come nine o'clock, I'm going to try and have some distance from them. Yeah. Ideally, if you could do that, it definitely sets the, sets you off on this path towards chilling out because yeah. with them. You're, you know, you're overly stimulated. You've got the blue light. You know, you're just staring at something, Make and you're not, you're not, you're not, busy. you're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're busy. So ideally, you want to try and turn them off. But so I get that. A lot I, of I, I actually struggle with this one. Um, but what I do do is make sure when I get into the bedroom, um, I, I just, I don't sit on the bed looking at social media. I'll, I'll set my alarm, put my phone, plug it in mm-hmm. to charge, leave it at the end of the bed. So although I'm not turning it off an hour and a half before, which I know I should do, um, I don't do it just before I'm about to go to sleep. I won't be sort of browsing through my phone. So as soon as I get in the bedroom, plug it in, alarm on, face down. And I, I, I get it. You know, we've, we've all got into these bad habits. And I, trust me, these devices are addictive and they're as as addictive as heroin and i know that sounds ridiculous but there's there's some interesting books out there which saying it it has all the hallmarks of big style addiction of substances the use of devices Mm -hmm. and social media and so forth and it's just this constant demand um you know rush of dopamine that comes from checking the likes you've got on seeing how how people have commented to your stuff online i get it you want to check yourself though, see if way if you can control that a bit. Uh, definitely try and rein it in yeah. after nine o'clock. Sure. Um, last couple then. So I have found that what makes a big difference for me is buying a good pillow, buying the best mattress I can afford, and buying good quality duvets and duvet covers. You may think you know this stuff is really expensive, and it is. You know some of this stuff can set you back quite a bit of money, but look. Ideally, you're going to get eight hours a night and you're going to sleep for many, many, many years of your life in this environment, which is your bedroom. Set it up for success. Mm-hmm. You know what it feels like when you go to a great hotel or you get some fresh sheets on or you just bought some new sheets. That feeling of kind of freshness and breathable, mm, uh, yeah. the breathable nature of the, the duvet covers you put on, you just feel invited and cosy and comfortable. Where, whereas when you use cheap sheets, cheap stuff or synthetic materials or you've got a pillow that just isn't the right height for your head uh, or doesn't you don't sink into you feel the difference and you might not notice mm. it because you've been living with a, a shitty mattress or a some rubbish time, pillow yeah. for some time but trust me get yourself a good um memory foam 
um, pillow, try and get the best um, mattress you can buy. These memory foam ones are fantastic and only sit you back, back about 1500 quid. And yeah, get yourself Egyptian cotton uh, duvet covers. Makes a big difference to overall enjoying the experience of going to sleep. And you just want to set yourself up for success. Then we have the, the likes of a, a cooling pillow pad. Um, they've proven that insomniacs uh, struggle with regulating their body temperature and the majority of your heat actually comes from your head. So they found if you put a cooling cap on insomniacs, <laughs> they sleep, they yeah. go to bed quicker and they sleep longer without being uh, awoken again. So we can take that into the normal day-to-day -day lives of ours and think about ways in which you can cool your body down. So either think about trying to hold the body, sorry, the, the room temperature to 19 degrees or even as low as 16 degrees, mm -hmm. or do little hacks like the cooling pillow. And all that is is just a gel pillow, gel pillow uh, insert that when you touch it, goes cold. It's mm -hmm. brilliant. And it just cools you down a little bit, costs you 20 quid. And that combined with a cool room, so don't turn the heating on, means that when you're asleep, you don't get this rest, restlessness that occurs when your body gets too hot. And I don't know if you mm. know that, but if you haven't, yeah. if your duvet's got too high a tog or you've turned the heating on because it was oh, cold as you go into the room and you wake up two o'clock in the morning and you just you just can't relax. Well, it's like in the summer when it's hot. You, oh, exactly. You, just, you wake up all the time because you're just restless, aren't you? And then you know that feeling, going back to the pillow as well, or sorry, the, um, the cooling pad that you can wear, Everyone knows what it's like when you turn that pillow over and you put your head on that sort of yes, cool exactly. side. It just feels yes, amazing. Yeah. And it just relaxes you. So temperatures, you know. I know it sounds ridiculous getting yourself something that cools your head, but trust me, big you know, I've struggled with sleep. And I, when yeah. I stack all of this stuff together, the cooling pillow, the, the air conditioning in my room, which I invested in, the nice uh, duvet covers and stuff, and then the magnesium yeah. spray, all that mm. stuff is just setting myself up <laughs> for having a good sleep when I finally get into the bed. Yeah. And then... I think that covers it. Yeah, I covered off the bedroom temperature. So they're, they're my top tips. Um, again, look at the blog if you want to get those in summary form and where to go buy them. That, I think, covers sleep. I know we've hit this one really hard, but the other stuff is actually supplemental to this. You yeah. get sleep right, everything else will fall into place. Why don't we talk about parasympathetic nervous system? Yeah. Number two. Um, so first of all, I just want to start off by explaining what the parasympathetic nervous system is and what it does. So we've got um, two sides to our nervous system. We've got a sympathetic state and we've got a parasympathetic state. The sympathetic state is our um, fight or flight. So whenever there's a stressful situation, if there's danger, this is when uh, your sympathetic state will kick in. Your parasympathetic state will kick in more to talk you down, talk your body down, to slow down. It's your rest and digest. It's time for you to repair and recover. So we've got this sort of a yin and yang of our nervous system. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem we find day to day is that we're too much in the fight or flight mode. So we're too much into the um, sympathetic nervous system. We've always got, like we just spoke about, got that technology, um, busy lives we're not sleeping enough and we're just tapped into the to the um, sympathetic nervous system and we need to draw, draw back and get into this sympathetic state the sympathetic nervous system was really a trigger for you to get excited and have maximum energy to flee or fight yeah uh, a situation of danger yeah. so you know when 
when we were in simpler but perhaps more dangerous times, yeah. such as being attacked by a predator or having to try and go get your food, mm-hmm. um, you need to turn on your muscles, your your brain, your energy. You need to have maximum awareness, well, right? And that that is the sympathetic nervous system. But unfortunately, because oh no. We, we don't really have the same level of, mm. of danger and stress that we once had when we were uh, cavemen. Uh, but at, as a result, we've, we've now got these stimulating uh, situations in our life. So at low that, level, isn't it? That, yeah, continue to keep us switched on forever, um, you know, through, you know, the technology, through the work, through the TV, uh, you know, the, the unlimited amount of information you can consume yeah. from all these different places. Um, the anxiety and stress that you have just trying to cope with life. All of these things put you in a sympathetic state, which is this fight or flight state. Yeah. So you wake up from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and sometimes when you're asleep, a lot of people are chronically in this fight or flight um, situation. Yeah. And when you're there, your senses are um, lit up. You're, you've got high alertness. But it, you can't always be alert. Yeah, it's working overtime. You need time to not be alert and yeah. and wind down and be vulnerable and relax. So you have to purposely design some relax and recovery. And, and that's not just when you sleep. Yeah. How can you think about engaging this parasympathetic nervous system, which is so important to just balance? Well, it's, it's about, yeah, because it, like you said, it's about balance. Your body wants to be balance between the two states and to pull us back into more of a parasympathetic state um, here's a few tips so belly breathing so taking your time to breathe into your belly which means you're breathing into your diaphragm this deep breathing helps to relax you puts you in this calming state Um, you've I don't know if we spoke about it yet today, but um, phone, uh, not phone rolling, it's called gut smash, where you lie on a ball and you lie on it on your stomach and help to try and relax and open up your diaphragm. And this helps you to sort of yield and loosen off the diaphragm and breathe deeper, helps to improve your posture. And this helps to get you into that um, parasympathetic state. I don't know why that word's so hard to say. Okay, um, well, well let's slow down for just a second. So the we just spoke about that breathing is a part of the autonomic yeah. system. I, it happens without you thinking about it. That's great. But what doesn't happen without you thinking about it is breathing properly. Yeah. So our body will keep us alive, get the oxygen into our bloodstream, but it won't have us purposefully relax. You have to do that yourself. Yeah. So the breathing thing is, is when I ever I hear all these uh, leaders in our space or just general leaders, they talk about the, their go-to places to you know have more energy and feel more rejuvenated and feel they can get more stuff done. They all talk about meditation, mindfulness, and breathing. Yeah. And I actually think they're all connected. All they're effectively saying is, you need to do these deep yeah. breathing exercises which allow you to fully oxygenate your bloodstream, allow you to open up the diaphragm, and when that diaphragm opens up, it allows you to get into this parasympathetic nervous yeah. state. And this is when you you just feel like goo. You feel relaxed. You feel your trouble start to uh, you know just bleed away. Yeah. You you have a, a an emptiness of thought, 
And lots of people talk about being in a meditative state. Mm -hmm. Now, meditation is very difficult. And for me, I haven't fully committed to it. But yeah. it because it's something that is very hard for people that have a very switched on mind. Yeah. Um, so I would need to commit to meditation like I commit to something else in my life and really want to be good at it because it's not easy and not natural for me. But what you can do as little hacks mm -hmm. is do some um, breathing exercises. They're called either square breathing or um, uh, five one five one four breathing. There's a various techniques. You just type uh, type in breathing techniques in Google. There's and apps it, as well now, isn't there? Or there's apps exactly. Yeah. There's apps which say, "Okay, we're going to breathe now." You press the start button, and it will either on your right on your watch. Yeah. There's a breathing app natively on the the Apple Watch on your devices it will signal when to breathe in yeah. when to hold your breath and when to breathe out and if you could just follow that guided breathing exercise for four to five minutes twice a day as soon as you wake up and as soon as you go to bed you just feel this kind of like melting away of some of your stress yeah. stresses and anxiety and you feel calmer in that moment and it sets you up to either go to bed or to wake up yeah ready to start thinking about things well Think you know when you're you're in a stressful situation, you're getting worked up, and someone as annoying as it is says to you, "Breathe." There is actually logic yes. behind this. Yeah. It tells you to breathe, and it, it gets you out of this state and gets you to relax. Yes. Um, so another thing that you could do is set a reminder on your phone, um, just a reminder to breathe, literally just to pop up on your phone every fifteen minutes, half an hour, or even yeah, an hour. Maybe a little bit. Maybe an hour, <laughs> but just for it to pop up and constantly remind you when you're at work, and you know if you're feeling like your shoulders are coming up to your ears and yes. you're starting to get a bit tense, a bit stressed, if you if this pops up on your phone, you're okay. Right, I'm just going to take a couple seconds just to do a couple of deep breaths. You you'll feel so much better. Well, think about why um, smoking is such a relaxing uh, pastime for a lot of people. Because yeah. when you're smoking, you're taking a deep belly breath, typically. Mm. So whilst you're putting in some toxins into your body at the same time, Drawing you're allowing yourself to have yeah. proper, full, deep breaths. Now, it's quite chesty generally, but you are breathing from your belly a little bit. Mm. So there's that. But I totally agree with the whole, like, tell, when people say breathe... As a, a leader that I, I work with who has to do lots of public speaking and um, she's very good at it and when you look at her, she looks doesn't look nervous at all, completely in control, um, just says what I believe she wanted to say and says mm -hmm. it well. But she says to me, I get nervous every time I speak, but every time I speak, I make sure I do at least a couple of minutes of purposeful breathing. I'll slow my breath down. I'll do five to ten deep breaths. I'll hold the breath and then I'll let it out slowly. And I just do that before I perform. I'm ready. If I don't do that, that level of anxiety That's and worry way. gets in and I come on a little bit too fast. I get a little bit too anxious and, and I can forget things and just be a bit too rushed. And I find myself panicked throughout the whole of the talk. Yeah. So breathing is a big thing, right? So we, we've spoken about that. And, and on the... Reminder thing, if you have an Apple Watch or those other Fitbit devices, they will actually pop up a couple of times a day yeah. and say, just, just breathe a yeah. few minutes. Try and do it if you can. It makes a big difference. Got their place. Anything else on the, the parasympathetic uh, top tips? Yeah, I think obviously you can do things like yoga. Yoga in some respects is some form of meditation, you could say. But yoga, again, is just it's relaxing, isn't it? You, go, you, you know, you take a time out. You're not around any technology. You're, you know... 
and you're stretching your muscles, yeah. which is also exactly. a, a way to get into a parasympathetic exactly. state. Trying to let your muscles yield, relax, because yoga is is um, a dynamic of, of breathing, stretching, and movement. Yeah, it just relaxes. It's know, hard. Your... Michelle goes and she said it's incredibly hard because the yeah. positions are demanding, but that stretching of your muscles is basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to stop the contraction. Yeah. So stop the contraction in your head. Yeah. Stop the contraction in your stomach or stop the contraction in your muscles. And when you stretch, you're allowing them to yeah. let go. And that letting go puts you into this calming state. Exactly. And there's a little tip here for you guys, actually, because when when you stretch, if you're stretching and you're looking at the times, so you're going, well, I'm going to hold this stretch for 30 seconds. Which I do. Yeah, you're, you're, you're almost you're looking at the time and you're you're, yeah. you're not relaxing so instead of looking at the time go i'm going to hold this stretch for five deep breaths okay and that will take as long as it needs to take but because you're breathing you're relaxing your mind can let your muscle yield and relax yeah and you can get okay that's, that's a, a good benefit. yeah i like that um another thing as well um being outdoors nature going out being around the trees and as, again it's as, breathing isn't it yes yeah. it's, it's breathing and calming down and not having the stimulus of our yeah. modern day stuff there, there's research to show that when you walk indoors through a building you actually increase your stress levels as opposed to walking outside oh really yeah um through nature um being amongst trees and hearing the birds and uh, you know as, as and we we all know that. it sounds it, it works even just that romantic of i that romantic idea of closing your eyes now and imagine yourself walking through a forest or walking through some rolling hills with the dogs and not having any technology and just looking out into the distance, maybe the sun kind of like warming your skin. Um, Everything just you just you right. just think you close your eyes or looking at a beach with the, the lapping of the, the water up up onto the shore, and you just know that you're going to be in a calm place then. Yeah. So being with nature is cannot be underestimated. It's such a lovely impact. But going on a walk and staring at your phone the whole time. <laughs> doesn't really yeah. offer the same benefits so if you're going to go for a walk actually purposely go and take 15 yeah. 20 minutes out focus on your breathing just let your mind Leave wander your and yeah. chill for sure all right so that is uh, the importance of getting in a parasympathetic nervous state so we've done sleep we've done that We've got two more pieces. I know we're running a little long. Let's try and hit these a little faster. These are less of a priority, but they do have some significance. The third is days off of training. Yeah. So if you are um, in uh, an, a- an athlete into any sport or generally are a gym goer or working out to improve your body and health, um, you're going a bunch of times a day, uh, sorry, yeah. a bunch of times a week. Um, and you've typically heard that you'll have one or two or maybe more days off per week. Why is that recommendation made? And what's the importance of uh, rest and recovery from a training perspective? I mean, the problem with training is that you're breaking your body down. You're in this catabolic state. You're breaking your muscle tissue down. You're actually getting weaker when you're exercising because that's what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to put that stimulus on the body, break the body down. So if you do that too much, what you're going to do is end up breaking your body down too much and you'll lose muscle and you'll get weaker and you'll regress. 
So the reason you have days off is so it's to damage counter on damage that. Damage on damage on damage. On damage, on damage. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Right. Okay. So to counter that, you have your days off where you recover. So you go to the gym, you get weaker, you go home, you sleep well, you hydrate, you eat well. Let's let's uh, let's make sure we understand that. So you say you go to the gym and you get weaker. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense for most people listening. Go to the gym, yeah. and surely that means I'm going to be stronger. <laughs> but you're saying in the moment. It's actually creating weakness. And I can relate to that. Think about it this way. So you go into the gym and you're doing bench press day and you've got five sets of five tight reps. And you go do those. And on that last set, like, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And you know you're fatiguing and your muscles are now kind of being depleted. They are. You've depleted the energy stores. So the the glycogen within your muscles has been mostly used up. Yeah. Uh, the ATP has been is not been fully used up. The creatine has de- you've definitely depleted those stores. So the inbuilt energy within the muscles has been uh, consumed to yeah. some degree. But then on top of that, you have creates micro tears. Yeah. So you've actually muscle caused damage. some uh, micro damage within mm-hmm. your muscle fibers, and as a result. If you try to work out all day, for example, if you try to do bench press all day, yeah, from morning till night, you absolutely couldn't. Yeah, it'll get to a, it'll get to a point where you yeah. just you just couldn't lift it anymore. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, you, you get into the gym and eventually you are taken from your body and you actually weaken. Yeah. That's that's a good you're, point. You're, you're weakening yeah. the body and then you go home and voila, the magic happens. You know, you sleep, you hydrate, you eat well, you stretch, you you know, you do what you need to do at home in order to go back in the gym next week and suddenly you feel stronger and you can lift more weight or you can do more reps or you can do something for with better form or for more time um, because you've gone home and you've done that recovery process. So it's so important that we have days off mm-hmm. um, to help um, repair and recover from the damage that we've done in the gym. Um, a lot of people think that they're going to lose their gains because they're having a day off, but like I said, that's when you actually grow stronger, you grow muscle. So we need to take those days off in order to grow. So as long as you're breaking down the body enough in the gym, having that day off isn't going to be detrimental to your overall goal. I would liken it to, um, say you get a cut on your body. Yeah. And that that cut um, first bleeds, then it, um, then it starts to obviously coagulate and thicken, stops bleeding, and then there's a bit of a, a bit of scabbing, and then a scabbing leads to a scar, and yeah. then it's fully recovered, and the yeah. skin is healed. That really, I know that takes a takes quite a, long, a lot of time, but that really is what's happened with your muscles. Yeah. You go to the gym, you've caused some kind of cut, some kind of tear, yeah. and for you to be able to fully use and leverage that muscle fiber again, it needs to kind of reform. Yeah. Right. It needs to scab, it needs to scab over, scar over and then be ready. Yeah. Built in a slightly bigger way than it was the previous time for you to go use it again. Cause that's so, your body's way of adapting, so, isn't it? Say for example, you know, you, you cut your skin and then, or you cut, cut something on your hands, for example. Mm. So you feel like the impact of picking something up and then you keep trying to use your hand and you haven't allowed the scab to, probably scab over and then yeah. fall off naturally, you're going to keep hurting yourself, right? Mm. That's it. That's yeah. exactly the same thing in the gym, is that you need that time to recover. And as you recover, the reforming of that muscle means that it comes back slightly stronger and slightly thicker, yeah. which in turn will mean that your muscles look a little bit fuller and larger. So you won't lose your gains as long as it's not weeks on end off. Yeah. But you've got the one to two days that you're building into your plan every week. 
So not only do your muscles take some time out, mm -hmm. but your nervous system, the central nervous system, which is really the the, the signal master, yes. the amplifier to the speakers, which are your muscles, the central nervous system is the amplifier. And that too can burn out. If you yes. keep demanding your body to work, that central nervous system can fatigue. And I know what that feels like. Yeah. When I work too hard for too long, whether it be in the gym or, or, or just mentally stimulated stuff, after... A while I can just feel so fatigued so tired yeah. and I can go to sleep but if I'm working out every day I just feel like this low level kind of exhaustion and that and then that means when I get into the gym I start becoming counterproductive yeah I start getting anxious under the bar I start looking at this new weight I need to go lift and I, I, I get get this kind of low level kind of anxiety and, and, yeah. and scaredness that you know, I don't think I'm ready to perform. I can't fire everything don't up. Ready for it. I don't think I can light my body up the yeah. way I need to. And that really is a sign that maybe I've been pushing it too hard and yeah. I've not allowed my nervous system, not my muscle, but my nervous system yeah. to take some time to just collect itself, well, lot, rejuvenate. There's a lot going on. Because if you, if you think about it, there's three things going on with your nervous system when you're lifting weights. First thing, you've got this uh, sensory input. So that's the first point of contact with your hand, through your arm. You're, say you're doing a bench press, your uh, senses, you're, you're, you're realising that there's this weight on the end of your arms. Okay. And that will send signals through your neurons up to your brain. And then that's the second part where that integration happens, where your brain has to decide what it's going to do. Okay. So then your brain will go, okay, well, we're going to need to lift this weight so it doesn't basically crush us and then it will send signals back down to the limbs and the muscles that need to turn on which to is contract. to contract exactly um and that's where you respond so these three things are going on when you're lifting it's, okay. so the heavier you lift the more taxing it becomes because your, yes. your your mind's going right this is heavy this could potentially kill us or, or seriously injure us if i can't lift this weight so I need to recruit and turn on as much as possible in order to get this weight back up. Yeah. So it's now that that sense, uh, sensory overload, if you would, mm. is having to work so hard in order to get that weight shifted. And then you put the weight down. If you keep doing that and repeat that process too often, you're going to tax your nerve system. Your body's just like, I can't keep doing this. And you just be this. fried. It's, yeah, it's too demanding. Just, just, think about, just think about when a computer's overworked or... And you hear it like the, mm. the motherboard being fried. That's kind of what you're doing. The yeah. central nervous system exactly. is the motherboard, which is moving all these signals around and, and telling your muscles to do stuff. But mm. that in its own right can get fatigued. Yeah. And I've been there because I have, I have this view of like the more work you do, the more results you get. And days off don't always make sense. Yeah. It's like, I'm not ready for a day off. Yeah. yeah. But your body eventually tells you you're ready for a day off. It's like, yeah. you know, it will you, force you. You will, you will feel overwhelmed, stressed, injuries. You feel injured, you won't be able to yeah. lift as heavy. There's a whole bunch of things that kind of give you feedback, but I totally agree. Yeah. You've got to recover the muscles and you've got to recover the central nervous system by taking deliberate time off exactly. a day or two every week. Yeah. Okay. So that leaves us, I suppose, with what, what can you do to enhance and help your recovery process on your days off? Um, so what, not just chill? You don't just like just do you nothing? Could, if you want, PS4. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to be, to recover faster and to feel better for when you come back into the gym, 
um, active recovery is going to be your sort of your best tool. Okay, and active recovery is obviously actively recovering. Okay, so making a mindful decision to go out and you could do stretch. So this is on your day off. Okay, you could do stretching again. You could do yoga. You could do breathing. Go out for a walk. You could go for a light run. And the reason you would do this is number one, just to it's low level activity. It's not stressful in the body. Yeah. But it keeps your body moving. It makes you feel good. It gets you in that parasympathetic state. Um, That's true because you don't necessarily just get there by vegging out on the sofa. Exactly. Yeah. Just by doing nothing doesn't necessarily mean that you feel better for it. Yeah. As you say, you can feel like mentally you feel like you've wasted your time and your body's not moved. So that starts going into kind of like a stressy state. Exactly. Actually moving around is productive, isn't it? And uh, there's obviously going back to an earlier point that you mentioned about waste product in the muscles. So when you use your muscles, there's going to be waste product that needs to be um, eliminated. So if you go for a walk or a run and it's obviously a light run, then what you can do is you're going to oxygenate the blood, you're going to get nutrient-rich um, blood into those muscles to help flush that out, okay. and that's going to help repair and help the recovery process. So that'll help to speed it's a really, up. really good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, you might want to work on, you know, you might well take that time to work on technique. You might want to spend time on um, doing, like, my fascia release, which is... Really, it's just like massage, working on trigger points, which might be like tight areas on your body. So it might be you want to work on your chest because if you work at, you know, if you're sitting down all day and you're working, you're hunched over a desk, your chest is probably going to be quite tight. So on your recovery day, you might want to work on stretching, foam rolling. So doing that myofascial release, just kind of trying to break up that muscle um, tissue and just kind of... Help, helping to optimise your body for when you get back into the gym. So what really what you're saying is those, those two days, you can choose to do nothing whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps a slightly more productive way to look at it is how can I invest in the quality of my movement, yeah. the quality of my muscles, and generally the kind of balance in my life. So what exactly. can I do to be parasympathetic, and what can I do to encourage greater range of motion or less tightness in areas which are built up through just hitting it hard throughout yeah, the week? Exactly. So I do things like, you know, I'll just do some mobility stuff. So I'll do some active stretches and that helps me breathe. It helps yeah. me stretch my muscles. I might I might do some bodyweight squats, but not for to fatigue or, or fatigue, yeah. just to think about... How am I doing that motion? Just mm-hmm. so I can just be a bit more prepared to do it next week. Yeah. It's a good shout. Okay. All right. And let's hit the, the last point, which is, so, so we've, we've slept, we've got into a parasympathetic state. We take off a day or two of training and be deliberate about that every week. But then for some people, they may want to take off longer periods of time, yeah. um, a week or so perhaps. And yeah. we call these deloads. What are they? Why should they be considered? And are they for everyone? So deload week would be a week that you either lower the intensity or the volume of your training. So that might be less reps, that might be less weight. So you might reduce the weight that you would normally lift by about 50%. So it's a fair drop. Yeah, fair drop. I mean, some I've heard of people just dropping it by 20%. Um, it's going to be different for everyone. Um, so if I'm doing a 100k bench press... 
I'm yeah. dropping it down to 50k, which is going to feel really light. Exactly. And that, that's going to keep you working, but it's going to be a lot lighter. But it means that you'll come back the next week feeling a lot better for it. Um, so, yeah, this is what a deload is. It's just lowering the, the tax and the stress that you're putting on your body for a week or so. Um, so why? The reason, yeah, the reason you do this is kind of like what we touched on already, but you don't want to keep taxing your central nervous system. You've got to allow your body to take time out and recover because there's too much too much yang going on and not enough yin um, and you're not pulling back enough and allowing that recovery process. But this is more for the, the guys and girls that lift heavy. So it might be a power lifter. Uh, might be someone that trains with really high intensity like um, CrossFitter. CrossFit, yeah. They, they go really hard. Um, or just gener- generally yeah, af- you, athletics and sports, which yeah. are highly demanding for long, long periods of time. Exactly. If you're, if you're not going that hard in your training and you're doing some cardio and stuff, then I don't think it's really going to be that beneficial to have a whole week off or, or do 50% of what you normally would. But like we just said, if you train with a lot of intensity and you're lifting heavy loads, then it's definitely worth having a deload. Now, obviously I touched on how you can deload, obviously reducing your weight and um, volume, but you could also just take a week off. And that week off, then you would probably work on things like active recovery. So you go, I'm just gonna have a complete week week off, not step in the gym, that will give you that mental break. And you can just go out, go for walks. mental break from that space as well, exactly. right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going difference. to that. I'm yeah. going to that facility this yeah. week. I'm going to go and repurpose that time to find a new hobby. Yeah. Or go go for go for walks. Spend or time with try, family. Try a new sport or go spend some extra time with family and yeah. friends. How can I repurpose the time that I'd otherwise be stuck in those four walls, going train training and doing hard work? Yeah. How else can I um, give to myself? Um, to allow me to come back stronger, more into it, more energized, more reinvigorated mentally. Yeah. I've done this every once in a while and it does help. Unless you're putting in 90% of effort and you're going hammer and tong at training every single week, then actually this is probably less of a priority than other things we've spoken about. If you're just rocking up and you're putting a moderate level of effort into something that your body's used to doing, um, then hey, let's just focus on sleep. Let's focus on parasympathetic state, and let's focus off of one or two days of purposeful days off of training a week. I think you're all set. Yeah. And maybe think about a deload. If you maybe, need it, maybe when you go on holiday or something. You know, be be deliberate when you've got a life event that's going to demand you out uh, to take time out of the gym. Great, that's when you do it. And if you've got an intense um, training program that you've done, you might program that in so you might say at the end of this eight weeks where i know i'm going to be going hard i'm going to do a deload week at the end of it it might be it's a nice transition yeah to it might be six program. weeks seven weeks eight weeks whatever yeah. it is it depends who you are and if you need a deload sooner or later but yeah Bryn, thank you for this masterclass and what was quite a long discussion Enjoy we, it. we've got to stop putting so much content into every episode i know um, but it was useful, and and these these episodes, guys, are hopefully things that you can we can reflect back on and dip into again when you need encouragement or to remind yourself of these principles. Yeah. Once we cover off these big rocks, 
then actually we'll hit more Q&A stuff and there'll be shorter discussions. So just to close this session up, we spoke about the why behind rest, the, important, the importance of it, and in priority order, if you can nail down your sleep, get seven to eight hours of quality sleep a night, you can think about ways in which you can turn off your fight or flight response to everything and actually get into a more chilled state, which is called a parasympathetic state. And you can think about if you're training hard or you've generally got exercise as part of your weekly uh, activities, building one or two days where you actively recover so your body can be stronger and fitter, ready for the following week. And then lastly, building some deload if you really go intense uh, week in, week out, so you can um, fully revitalize your body and mind. That was it. Bryn, thank you for your time today. Guys, thank you for listening. And hey, we are all about giving you the expert tools and knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Cheers for listening. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.